This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. It is a Memorial Weekend to you. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 1025 FM KQAM. Happy Saturday morning. Trying to get you up and moving. It's a beautiful sunny day. Let's enjoy it a little bit before the storms roll back in across South Central Kansas. Great to have you along for the ride today. I'm Andy Hoosier, as always, uh, trying to get you up and moving for the weekend. And we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. A lot of statewide news right now. The end of the pandemic, the end of the declaration of emergency in the state of Kansas ending this month. The state legislature did that just yesterday, so we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Coming up on the program, our number two, State Representative Leo Delperdang. We'll have him in studio to give us a recap from his thoughts on the legislative session and moving forward here in the state of Kansas. At 10.30, wrapping up the show, we have Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt, which I have to apologize. I have been doing a radio show here in Kansas for seven years here on the KQAM Airwaves now, and we have yet to have Attorney General Derek Schmidt on the air. And I don't know why. I don't know why I have not reached out or had him on the program. And as you know, now he's running for governor, although we did not talk about the campaign with this. We are talking about the legal stuff going on in the state of Kansas. We'll look forward to chatting with uh, the Kansas Attorney General, Mr. Derek Schmidt, at the end of next hour. But right now, all of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Really like the only place in the entire Mid-America region you can actually get inventory if that's what you're wanting, because these guys are awesome, and that's where you need to go. And the man himself in studio with us here for the first half hour, Mr. Phil Martinez. Good morning, sir. Here I am. Here you are. It's good to have you in studio. Good to be here. Yeah, it's it's good to talk to you. Again, you have been so busy. We've talked about this for a while now. You have been so busy because the market is so out of control right now. And you're the only place that you actually have inventory for people to come in and see you and actually get the things they need. How do you do it, Phil? Are you brewing like silver in the back room or oh, something? Yes. What are you doing here? You got a little yeah, uh, refinery. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a witch and I just pop it up. Just it, pop it up. That's right. Oh, we. It's like anything else. We've been down these roads before and we've seen it time and time again. And and I, I always ask my people, well, have you ever done anything stupid? Yeah. Did you ever make a mistake? Yeah. All right. I've already seen. I've, I've already. I've already. I've already seen everything and how the markets play and how things work and it has prepared us to be prepared Hmm. and we understand how it all works. And over the years I've set up lines of communication with a number of major companies and, uh, I I just learned how to do it. And, uh, and some days I'm sitting there going, we're selling it faster than I can get it in. And I don't feel like I'm doing it very well, but, uh, (laughs) but right now we we're, we're, we're doing well. Sure. I found a, a new supplier, uh, yesterday, that I didn't even know did precious metals, and I've been doing business with them for years. And I placed a fairly large order for silver, and they're telling me I'm going to have it in like two weeks. But you know, we're right now we're probably down to twelve thousand ounces in stock. Mm. So I mean, you know, but uh, in gold, you know, we almost sold out of gold the other day. But I got a bunch. I got a bunch of gold in yesterday, and we bought a bunch of gold yesterday. So good. Uh, God provides. God keeps God. God keeps my head on straight, and we we just seem to continue to roll on, and we do well. Amen to that. I mean, you guys have that supply coming in, and again, some people don't know quite how you do it, but it's 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 amazing because no matter what people are looking for right now, are you out of stock of anything if they are looking for anything specific right now, or do you have at least some sort of supply right now for just about whatever people are looking for? 
I'm out of so much stuff. It don't, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I'm, I'm out of all my key, semi-key stuff. I mean, you know, we did inventory. eight. We were done with inventory the 8th of January. My inventory is down 60% from there. Wow. I mean, my gold, my gold and silver inventory is probably up a little bit. But uh, we do manage to keep the gold and the silver, and that's what you know, I got a lot of people looking for Morgan dollars and peace dollars and looking for uh, uh, lot, a lot of people looking for nice Lincolns right now, 09Ss, 09SVDBs, 14Ds, 31Ss, a lot of the key, semi-key stuff that you can't find anywhere. Nobody's got it. Sure. And if they've got it, they want so much for it, you know, you just, I mean, you know, I had a guy come in the other day and want to buy some MS-63 St. God's. I didn't have any. Picked up the phone, made a phone call, told him what I could sell them to him for. He paid me for them. Uh, I'll have uh, either be here today or be here Monday, uh, Tuesday. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, I you know, we are one of the only shops in Wichita that actually order for our customers. Sure. I mean, if they, they want something and we can get it, we order it. Sometimes we don't make much on it because I have a bad habit of forgetting to charge shipping on it. So, you know, <laughs> you're going to make $50 on a coin and you spend $25 on shipping or half your profit mm. went to shopping. But – I made the customer happy. Exactly. And, and you can't beat that. No, I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, most people, I, I hear the theories. I never took business school, yeah. but I heard the theories about the, the triangle of business. You can either have a good product, but you slack a little bit on customer service or price. You can focus on price, but lack a little bit on customer service or quality. You can focus on the customer service. I mean, it, there's always yeah. that kind of that weak spot in there. But, yeah. I mean, you've kind of found you, especially found a happy balance there between having the outstanding quality to have the customer service and to have the price that's happy for everyone. So you found that, you know, that triangle balance there that everybody loves. That's why everybody knows yeah. Mr. Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins. I about this happy about the price, <laughs> but sometimes I'm not happy about the price. Well, you can't do much about what the government's yeah. doing with gold and silver. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I had, a, I mean, I had a customer come in the other day and he wanted to make a large purchase and he said, man, you got to help me. So I, I give him a discount that he quite didn't have, but at the same time I pushed it to the limits and he goes, wow. He says, you're still making what? $4 a coin. And I says, I'll be honest with you. On a, I'm selling, I'm selling him silver at thirty one ninety five at that time, and I'm making ninety one cents. Mm. I mean, you know, ninety one cents on a thirty dollar, on a thirty, almost a thirty two dollar coin. I mean, you stop and think about it. You're make, you're making what six percent? Yeah, seven percent. I got a deal I'm working on right now, huge deal, half half a million dollar deal, and we're working on less than like two point seven percent. Wow. But I mean, you know, but half million dollar deal. Sure. So I mean, we, you know, we, you know, the, the, the problem is that the cost of materials to us is ridiculous. I mean, here a year ago, I could have bought 10,000 gold eagles for a spot in somewhere between 10 and 12%. Sure. And right now, 10,000 gold eagles are costing me spot plus 30%. And so my people that do business with me understand, you know, if they looked out on the, if they looked out on the internet, and find that they can't get it at all, and then they're finding out. I mean, I had a guy we got in an argument about my pricing, and I actually didn't throw him out the door. I sent him to go do business with somebody else, <laughs> and he come back in two days later, and he goes, "And why did you send me to such and such? What's the problem? They're the big boys. They're the market makers." I said, "You guys ought to understand how this plays." And he goes, "They're two dollars higher than you." Wow. And I said, "Well, did you call? Did you call them up and tell them they were a bunch of thieves and crooks and?" How much money they were making? 
Well, no, I just hung up on him. And I said, okay, <laughs> but you're in here telling me what a worthless person I am because I'm gouging the public, but yet in the real world, I'm $2 under them. I made a mistake. I didn't yeah. understand how it works. And most of my people do not understand how it works. And we got people walking the door. What are you getting for such and such? You quote them a price and they turn and walk out the door. They don't even, they don't even let you explain that you're mm. working on nickels and dimes, but they don't care. It's just a weird market right now. I mean, the, the yeah. price is so high. And why is that? Is it because of lack of availability? You've talked about for yes. a long time now, the fact that silver is getting harder and harder to mine and be accessible. So the price is going to start going up. Is that the factor we're starting to see here? Is it inflation from the government? I mean, what? why are we seeing a difficulty in seeing uh, um, availability and the prices going up? Well, 90, I mean, well one, silver, silver for the first time in 5,000 years, there's less silver above ground than gold. So normally for every ounce of gold above ground, whether it be in gold coins or in your gold teeth or in your wife's jewelry, there's eight to 10 ounces of silver above ground. For the first time in 5,000 years, there's less silver above ground than gold. So technically silver is worth more money than gold, but silver is so he heavily manipulated that it's held down. Now you got eight, eight banks, eight banks holding it down right now. And they're slowly, but surely silver's pushing right at $28. They're slow, and the other day you could have bought it for eighteen dollars. So they're slowly losing control. Uh, Chase Stanley Morgan is all all in it long. Uh, they're saying that these eight banks can't hold Chase Stanley Morgan by them by themselves, and so at some point it's going to get away from them. Right. Uh, I read the other day they're down four. The other day they were down fourteen billion dollars. You can only you can only take a butt whipping so long. And at some point, they're going to have to get. They're, they're going to realize that they're, it's going to go the wrong way. And if it breaks and runs, there's no control in it. Sure. Ninety percent of everything being everything. Ninety percent of everything being mined is used, being used for industry right now. And uh, I had two guys in one day here last week come in and they saw something on TV where Japan is building this great big huge warehouse. And I thought, okay. And he said they want to fill it with silver, so they're trying to get all the silver they can get at any kind of reasonable price and put it in this warehouse because when they get set up to start doing all their solar panels, there's like six-tenths of an ounce of silver in every solar panel, and those are for the ones for the houses. Now, the big industrial panels, I'm, I'm, I'm going to calculate that they're probably using, say, an ounce and a half. And so, you know, uh, the, the cruise missiles that we shoot every once in a while, 25 pounds of silver in all the circuitry. Uh, 25 pounds? 25 pounds. Holy cow. For all the electronic circuitry. Think about all the hundreds of thousands of phones being made every day. I was going to say cell phones and yes. solar panels. Look I mean, there's at, so look, much look, now. Look at the new cars coming out. You push a button, it parks itself. Uh, I, I was brought up the other day in an article I read that, you know, they little drops of silver for all that circuitry. So they're using more silver because there's more computers going in everything. Sure. And so the, the, the use is, is crazy. I mean, they're, they're saying by 2005, that the United States alone will need all the silver that was mined last year, plus 51 million ounces, just to take care of the solar panels that we're going to put up. Good golly. And then, but so then what are you going to do about Japan and China and Russia and Europe and Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and, and, and Pakistan and and, and, and that really puts so. in perspective the whole climate change environmentalist movement about we need alternative energies with solar panels and wind energy and so on and so forth and how coal's really bad because we're mining all this coal. 
But that really kind of puts it into perspective. If you believe in the extremist environmentalist movement about needing alternative energies on how much we're mining to get silver to be able to build the solar panels. Well, there's articles. start thinking a little bit. Well, there's articles out there that says you'll see $600 silver. Yeah. I mean, there's articles out there that talk about silver and gold being on a one-to-one relationship. Wow. And so everybody, you know, man, gold's going to go to $1,800. No, I think gold, I think silver could go to 600 and gold could come down to 600. Really? Gold, well, gold can't stay. If, if silver is more valuable than gold, then why would gold be three times? You know, right now you got what? $28 silver and you got, uh, you're almost, you're almost at a little over 19, $1,900 gold. We're only like, uh, $7 or $8 from basically the all time. Yeah. What, what, what was the all time world high for gold? And I think we got over 2000 at one time. So, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. And right now, I mean, it, it, nobody, nobody's got it. I mean, I called the company for the first time in over a year I actually found a company that had it sitting on the floor that they just got it in and they actually would sell it to me and they guarantee, and I paid 35 cents an ounce more for it, but, but they guarantee me delivery in a week. Really? And so, yeah, I, I just bought, I just bought uh, 2000 ounces yesterday from a company I normally don't do business with because I didn't even know they did precious metals. Uh, they matched the price as good as I can get anywhere in the country, but they told me I'd have it in two weeks. Uh, man, in two weeks, I'll pay, th- y'all pay 50 cents more just, just to get it here, because what I know is you can't sell what you don't own. Yep. You know, and so, you know, and we almost sold completely out of gold the other day. We sold over 100 ounces of, maybe not quite over 100 ounces, but real close to 100 ounces of gold. And, I mean, I was almost out of one ounce stuff. I had still my tenths, my quarters, my halves. But uh, and then we bought a large, I, mean, I got in like 40 ounces yesterday, and, and then I got, and then we bought, a, we bought like thirty or $40,000 worth of gold yesterday off, off the street. Wow. You know, we're, we, we, we're paying for gold right now. We're paying over spot, which usually we're behind spot. And I don't think anybody in town's paying over spot. Matter of fact, I know most of them are not at spot. Sure. So, I mean, you know, we, we are, we're a very strong buyer. And, uh, so whether you, you know, people go out there, if you don't, you know, I tell people, if you don't like my prices, get on the internet, sure. get out there and start looking and compare me, find out, see, see if we're not within the range of where we ought to be and we have it and everybody else you're going to wait for. Sure. Absolutely. 21 minutes past the hour. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit, and we can talk about uh, digital currency with gold and silver, which we've talked about a little bit here as well uh, with Phil Phil Martinez. We'll take a break here at 9344 West Central Avenue. Phil's Coins. We'll talk about that as we wrap up this half hour of Candace Talk, plus your phone calls at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK here on the Big Talker KQAM. Twenty-four minutes past the hour. Welcome to Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. It is a Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us. I know it's a Memorial Day. You may be out. Maybe here's I can see the scene right now. You're out at the campsite. You're looking at the lake. And you say, you know, I'm gonna drain my vehicle battery turning on the radio listening to Candace Talk right now because we need to hear what the heck Andy Hoosier's talking about. Even during my weekend out at the lake. Uh, could you see that? I mean, I could see. I listen to the radio while at the lake. Yeah, yeah. Do that. All right. Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, opening up in about 
five minutes here, so I know you have to take off here in just a couple of minutes, uh, and we appreciate the time. But uh, one thing I do want to talk about, which I find quite fascinating, and we've talked a little bit about it in the past as well, is digital currency versus the silver and gold industry, because I did I did put a little bit of money, which you'll laugh at me, so I put some money into the doggy coin, and which was supposed to be a joke thing, and it was I, I bought it at the 11 cents, and at that time it went up to like 50 cents, 70 cents, and I sold, and I made, I put $100 in, I made $150 profit. I was happy. Or no, I put 50 yeah. bucks in, made $150 profit. I was happy. I got out, and then I got back in a little bit, and I'm just kind of letting it ride with that 150 that I made profit. So yeah. if I lose it, no, you're not out now. Yeah, no. and then I just put some in the new Shiba as well, because why the heck not? It's at like, I don't know, 10 decimal points past the penny kind of thing. So once it gets up to a penny, I'll be a millionaire, and I'll be totally happy. Uh, so I, I did that, but at the same time, I don't know how long a digital currency is going to last because there's no value behind it. We put value behind certain things based on the quality of it or based on a value that was already in the market. We're just creating this thing, this digital imprint that yep. says now you have a value, which I just don't quite grasp. I'm still very sketchy on embracing that completely. And I know that the, I know the country, I know technology is going that direction, but no matter what happens with it, you'll never be able to compete against the value of a hard metal like gold and silver. I mean, right? I mean, it's never going to lose value. Well, I've seen it. You know, at one time, silver, silver was 50 bucks, and I saw it go down to like 15. So, I mean, you know, mm. technically you're right and you're wrong. But but I know that even before God was born, before B.C., we were trading silver and gold. Right. Silver and gold has always had some kind of intrinsic value. And right now with the uh, current administration that we have in power, supposedly, uh, I'm not, it was a little bad, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he you know, won't remember. They, yeah, it's supposed to be humorous, yeah. He won't remember. They are humorous, yeah. Yeah, he won't remember <laughs> after five minutes later if he hears it. But, you know, I've got I've got people closing out bank accounts and 401Ks and IRAs and, and pulling money out of the bank because they're scared to death of what the government's going to do. They're, 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 they keep telling you they're going to raise the taxes on the wealthy. And for the people that maybe are not wealthy, if you believe this, I feel sorry for you mm. because what you don't understand is, and I listened to Donald Trump on talk radio on actually TV four years before he ran for president. And he discussed this exact same thing. And if the taxes get too high, he said, he just quit paying taxes. And the, the man, that man, they were all over him. And he goes, Nope, with my money, I can go anywhere in the world, move to another country, negotiate my own tax structure, and pay taxes in that country less than what I'm paying in the United States. I'm a citizen. They can't stop me from coming into the country. I can come into the United States and make my money and send it to my bank account in Brazil or Belize or wherever I want to do, just send it down there, and they'll be glad to have my money. Yep. And I thought, well, that's an interesting concept. A year later, the state of New York, being in their infinite wisdom of highly intelligent, they raised the taxes on the wealthy. Right. And in anticipation of the new tax rate, they went out and spent money because their taxes were going to raise them. They were expecting $100 million in extra money by raising the taxes on the wealthy. Sure. And, and when they did the taxes at the end of the year, they lost $100 million in taxes because everybody moved to Florida. So it made, 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 made the point that what Trump is saying, you raise the taxes on the wealthy, the wealthy will leave this country. Yeah. And if the wealthy leave the country... And you guys talking about it, you know, most of you guys aren't paying hardly anything in taxes. These guys are paying 90% of their money in taxes. And I said, so you start taking them out, 
And uh, at that point, all the taxes are going to fall on the little guy. And I don't care what the Democrats tell you. They're not going to raise the taxes on the big guy. And the guys in the middle, like us, there will be no middle class. Socialism will create one thing. 5% rich at the top, 95% of us starving. And that's exactly what I see. And if you don't believe me, you look at some of the foreign countries that have socialist economies. Which is why they're desperate to try and pass this global corporate tax rate of 28% or whatever they want it to be, yes. because they want everybody to be paying that same. So that way there is no incentive to yes. leave, and you might as well just stay and pay it. Which I thought in the private sector, that was like, you know, price gouging, and that was like colluding and with creating a monopoly, and that was like, you know, illegal. But we're going to do that worldwide, so that way no matter where you go, you have to pay that same tax rate. So why even leave? Just stay here and do it for us. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you look at all the, you look at, look at all the millionaires that are living in France and Italy. Yep. And all, why, why are they there? Yep. Because it's cheaper to live there, and the tax structures are less. There it is. Take the money out of this country and, and, and pull it into their banks over there. And that's the way it's always going to be. Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, opening up right now. Phil's on the way over there. Phil, we appreciate the time. Happy Memorial Day to you, my Happy friend. Happy Memorial Day. We'll God bless all you people. Hey, we'll do it again soon. We'll take a break, wrap it up, get your phone calls when we come back here on Kansas Talk for a Saturday morning. Stay here. To Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday. Good Memorial Weekend to you. Hopefully, you get to celebrate a little bit. I've been hearing the news that about all of the camping areas in the area have been completely full, even with the rain coming in tonight and tomorrow and Monday. So, if you are camping out there, I give you total props. Now, again, if you are camping out there, I really, 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 really hope that you're camping with, like, actual camping. And that does not include campers. That does not include electricity. That does not include a nice luxury thing. If you're going to camp, to me, camping is like going out in the woods with whatever you can fit in a backpack and just survive. That is camping. I'm sorry campers are not camping. That's just my, my personal thing. That's Maybe that's the debate of the day on the program today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. we got a big show for you. State Representative Leo Delperding, he'll be with us here in just a second, uh, and we'll get him on the program. At the end of the show, wrapping up at 10.30 next hour, an hour from now, Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, will have him on the program talking about some legal stuff here in the state of Kansas. But open lines to you as well at 316-721-8255. And with that, let's go to the phones here, shall we? Line number one, good morning, who's this? Hey, Andrewski, Mr. Sean. Mr. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm freezing, dude. I had to spike my coffee with brandy. My <laughs> blood wouldn't freeze. You got to warm yourself up somehow, and you know what? That is a perfect way to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I remember when I was your age, you used to be blazing hot this time of the year, but no, no, no. Uh, well, global warming. Come on. Global warming has cooled the planet off. We got to remember that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Summer. Summer used to come in April. Now winter just rolls on through to June. <laughs> yeah. Well, I so I'm I was kidding. I was doing a little looking yesterday actually and apparently we're in an El Nino stage which means 
it's going to be cooler, but the, the the severe thunderstorms and the really hot weather is going to be delayed for about another month. So we're getting closer to it, but all the storms and everything we usually get April and May, not going to happen until the end of June or July right now. So kind of a weird season this year. Well, actually, I've been I've been uh, paying attention to these uh, trends for the last, uh, I want to say, for the last 10 years. And uh, ever since we had, ever since the drought, and the heat wave ended in 2012. It's been uh, totally different from what it usually usually mm-hmm. used to be. And I, I just I don't you see I don't believe in this man. I'm not I don't deny global warming. I just don't believe that man causes global warming or global cooling. Sure. I do know, however, that uh, er, uh, areas of the country get into uh, uh, cycles. You know, when it comes to weather patterns. And I think we're just in a cycle, and one one of these days it's going to reverse itself, and it's going to go back to the way you know it used to be. I mean, we have had seems to me a lot more wind uh, this spring than we've had in the last few years. It's been pretty windy out. So, sure. but uh, I don't know. Anyway. You know what? Things things are always changing. I'm I'm it's uh it's interesting to follow and it's interesting to watch. But uh, you're right. I'm I'm there with you. Where I don't know how much of an impact we actually have on it. It's always been changing. So we just kind of have to go with the go with it and roll with it as it adapts and we have to adapt ourselves uh, with it so there's nothing wrong with that but for those that uh, again i go back to what we talked about with phil martinez in the last segment is if you're all about the we're causing it so we need alternative energies we need the solar panels we need the wind energy we can't be mining for coal because that's really bad and burning coal's evil and mining for coal's evil if that's the case we shouldn't be using solar panels either because we have to mine for the silver too so you know i i you you can't have an electric car and think you're saving the planet when you're using a coal powered electricity to plug in your electric car thinking you're saving the earth it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah me neither hey i, I wanted to ask a quick question then crack a quick joke and then uh, get <laughs> off the air all right what you got <laughs> so did i understand the uh, uh bill uh did I hear him right? He said that uh, when Americans move, when wealthy Americans move to uh, countries like France, they can negotiate their own taxes. There are certain countries where you can kind of negotiate your own tax plans, especially if you're, you know, kind of the big roller that waltzes in and says, I got a billion dollars here and I want to bank with you. What are you going to cut for me with a deal? I'm sure that most countries will cut a deal like that, especially if you go to a smaller country with a smaller economy where that would be half of the entire country's economy sort of thing. You can cut your own deal. Uh, in that sense. So I'm sure that does happen. I mean, obviously, we're a little bit bigger where they kind of tell you this is what you will pay or, you know, we're going to come after you. But I'm sure those smaller com- countries where you walk in and you, you your own wealth is worth half of the entire GDP of that nation, I'm sure they'll cut you a deal. Well, it makes perfect sense to me because I don't see, for example, how if you move, say, to France, you know, uh, who already taxed the hell out of their own wealthy citizens, if you're not an American citizen, how can they tax you? Yeah, well, they you would have to be. Can't. Yeah, you would have to be a citizen of theirs, which is why so many country, you know, business owners put their money in offshore accounts because that way they don't get taxed on it, which is becoming illegal. But yeah, I mean, you have to be a citizen to move there and be a resident there, and therefore you can be taxed there. But if you're not a resident, then you're right; they wouldn't tax you, but they wouldn't also hold your money either. Well, they. Uh, uh... I would be like, you know, we'll be happy to have you because we could use some of your money, but uh, I wouldn't want to drive them away to somewhere else. So, you well, know, and you're that's, not a citizen. Well, so again, and that's work out a tax. 
Yeah, that's why Democrats don't want people to leave anymore because they want to raise taxes higher, but they know people are going to leave, which is why now they're pushing that global corporate tax rate. So if every single country taxed at a 28% or a 25% or whatever they want to tax it at, that way, no matter where you go, you'd be paying that same amount. And they want the commitment from other countries to do the same thing, which I thought that was illegal at the private level. If you if you have a donut shop in town and then both donut shops that are in town get together and say, you know what, if we both raise prices at $10 a piece and we sell the donut that way, therefore, no matter which place people go, we're going to make big profits off it. That's colluding and you can't do that. That's causing a monopoly and that's price gouging and that's illegal. I don't know why it's okay for countries to do that with the government to say, hey, every country in the world tax at the same rate so that way we can tax everybody the same. But we can't do that in the private sector. We should be coming down on that. And we right now, uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, we need to support Ireland right now because Ireland's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And we're going to keep ours at 13 or 12 percent or whatever it is. So if you are a company and you do uh, are getting taxed at 18, 20, 25 percent, come on over here to Ireland and we'll only tax you at 12 and a half percent right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know the uh, corporate tax over there is. It's cheap. Last I heard, for it's been several years, it was 11%. They must have raised it a little. But, hey, Democrats are just nothing but a bunch of greedy, selfish thieves. So what can you say? When they <laughs> when they get power, <laughs> they're going to exercise their, their criminal conduct in that area and, and, and a lot of others. Usually. Areas, too, if you ask me. Are you a religious man? I Yes, I am a religious man. Yeah, I uh, I don't. I believe in God, you know. I'm a Christian, but okay. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't really consider myself religious. I'm just, uh, you know, believer, not spiritual. Because I've been praying a lot. I've been praying a lot lately, but I don't seem like God's answering my prayers. And so I was thinking, well, it's okay. It's it's all right. I mean, I know He's a busy God. He's got a lot of prayers getting thrown up at Him twenty four seven. You know, I, can you imagine that? Prayers like, uh, oh God. Please let me win the lottery. Oh, God, stop the room from spinning. Oh, God, this feels good. <laughs> there we are. There we are. Sean, I appreciate it, my friend. Happy Memorial Day to you, brother. You got any big plans? Uh, Well, I'm going to drink some I'm gonna drink some beer. That's a good idea. I never, I, I never get drunk. I always stay sober, but I'm going to enjoy some cold suds today. Good man. I'll listen to uh, Joe Pags and uh, I'll watch a movie. I'll probably watch some South Park on my uh, cell phone. I love South Park. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. That's a, that's still my yeah. favorite adult cartoon. Still my favorite one. Well, I love it. Sean, I appreciate it, my friend. Happy Memorial Weekend to you. Enjoy and, yes, have a few suds for me as well. Appreciate that very much. 316-721-8255. There are a few topics I do want to talk about today that I want to get your thoughts on. The state of Kansas looking at mimicking Ohio's plan of doing a $1 million lottery for people getting the COVID-19 vaccination. Where are we going to get that money, and why the heck are we going to do that? I mean, now I know Kansas is on the lower end of the spectrum for COVID-19 vaccinations in the nation, and the KDHE and Governor Kelly losing her mind over the fact that we don't have 70 80% vaccination rates here in the state when we're still floating around, what, like 45 48%. And they don't like that. So they're looking at different incentives. We want people to trust their local doctors. So we're going to have local doctors be able to give the vaccine. Many local doctors are recommending you not get the vaccine for whatever reason. And some are and some aren't. So that would be an interesting way. They're trying to do the whole uh, clinics at schools to be able to get young kids because 
why not vaccinate kids that are 100% really effective from not actually having, being affected by COVID-19? That makes a lot of sense. And then trying to throw the big pool out there of, hey, you know what, we'll start a lottery to give away money because to me at least shows a desperate sign of desperation of the fact that, well, we're not getting people getting vaccinated, so therefore we're just going to buy you off and just give you money through a lottery because people love the lottery and you'll just get the vaccine that way. Is it a good idea? And would it make you actually get the vaccine here in the state of Kansas if we ended up doing something like that? I find kind of interesting. Also, the big news as of yesterday, leaders in the state legislature ended the emergency declaration set for June 15th. Not quite the full month that Governor Laura Kelly wanted, but they're set for that end date, which means we are opening back up and the emergency is over. Is the COVID pandemic done and over in the state of Kansas? I want to talk about some of that and more when we come back here. 45 minutes past right here on The Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Top of the hour. Welcome back into Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Happy Memorial Weekend. Your plans for Memorial. Love to hear from you. Also, the big question is it right to camp in the camper? Is that camping or is that just uh, glamping? I, I heard that term yesterday. It was called glamping because you're not really camping, you're glamorous camping. You can't be doing that. Come on, man. Come on. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Uh, we'll get that. But guest in studio a little bit early. We'll get him on here, get his thoughts. State Representative Leo Delperdang hanging out with us here in studio. Leo, what's going on, sir? How are we doing? Good morning, Andy. Yeah, it's good to see you. First thing, are, uh, do you first like to thing glamp? I okay. have no problem with glamping. <laughs> <laughs> you have no problem with it. All no right. problem. All right. See, I don't know. I just, I, so I'm going to be doing something here in the next few weeks, and I've teased it on the radio. Uh, I don't know when yet, but I'm going to be doing a uh, a testing of ability and going out and uh, going out and doing a three day camping trip with nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, just a just a you know buckets of water, no camping gear, no nothing. I'm going to try and do this and see if I can do it as a test of ability. Just don't tell us that you're going to be naked and afraid. You ever oh, watch no, that no, series? Not, I, I, I've not seen the series. I know of it, but no, no. I will not be naked it, and afraid. Interesting series. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'm going to try this, but I I don't know. I've always been the fact that uh, my parents would always take us camping and they'd be like, oh, we're going to go to this campsite <laughs> and you're right beside another campsite and you can see other people. And I'm like, this is not camping. I, yeah. I mean, growing up in Colorado, I, camping was getting a backpack, putting what you could in it. And then hiking up into the National Forest for a day and then, like, being around nobody. To where if you, you know, broke an ankle, like, you would probably just die out in the woods. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's something <laughs> mo- mo- more than anything. When I was w- in my career with AT&T, there was a bunch of us every year, usually about this time of year, late mm. May, we would all head for Canada. We would we would drive as far north as the roads would go up in Manitoba, which is up around Flin Flon area. Okay. At that point, the float planes would come in and get us, and they'd take us another yeah. four or five hundred miles on in there and drop us off for the week. See yeah. what memories? My goodness, is that just beautiful country up through there? That would too. be awesome. That and would be really cool. You either find your food or you go hungry. Or you go hungry. Yeah. See, that's the kind of survival that I want. When I go camping, that's what I think of. Yeah, and I've yeah. had a lot of good adventures up there. I've had. 
few encounters with bears and so forth. And being Canada, you can't bring a gun in and all yeah. that. Well, but, see, now I'm a little concerned with my doing my three-day little challenge here uh, with all these sightings of mountain lions now. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to have to fend off a mountain lion. Like, I'm going to come back with a mountain lion, you know, fur coat or something yeah, here. Yeah, they're out there. Ho- hopefully, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. But Well, I mean, I grew up in the mountains in Colorado anyways. You make a lot of noise, then you're fine. Yeah. But Keep if- in mind, they've been out here a while. I... I the last time I hunted deer with bow and arrow was in 2003, and that was mm. when I came face-to-face with a mountain lion out in Pratt County. Interesting. And the next year, I went deer hunting again, but I had a .30-06. Yeah. <laughs> Usually a good idea. Usually a good idea. That's right. Um, yeah, I, it was weird. I didn't know mountain lions were out here. I had no They've idea. been around for a while. There's not many, but they, sure. they're around. And then there was a denial phase, but now that, you know, the, the wild parks and wildlife. denial phase? Oh, yeah. Parks and wildlife have been tracking them, you know, and, are they just moving through, or are they actually staking out ground? Is there, you know, mating going on? That that's the big question on it. Very interesting. That's my one only concern is not having any camping gear of just, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care, but if I'm trying to sleep in the middle of the night, I don't need it trying to, you know, eat me. Yeah. Understand that one. <laughs> I understand that one. But, you know, hey, it'll be a fun time. So, yeah. anyways, uh, state legislative session all done for this year. All, all wrapped done. up. All done. So, and it, you were touching on it just, uh, before you, yeah, I came in here. Uh, today is a special day. It in is. A, in a way, uh, 444. Does that ring any bells to you? 444. 444. No, I, I mean, I was thinking of like the 420, but that's not, uh, you know, that's something else. This is the 444th day of Laura Kelly's lockdown. Ooh. And that's where when you're getting into that yesterday she attempted to extend it until July. Yeah. And the LCC jumped in and it flexed a little bit of its muscle and uh, forced the governor, one, to end the moratorium on evictions and housing and so forth there immediately. Yes. Um, Then they gave her a two-week span to uh, either come up with something for a plan or watch your executive orders evaporate. But it's, you know... The the country, the, the state, uh, we've had more than enough time to develop a strategy here. It's yeah. time that this pandemic is starting to decrease. It's time we start getting on with our lives and not be faced with more and more and more lockdowns as we go. So Yeah, we have other states that are completely opened up. No social distancing, no mask mandates, no yes. nothing. I mean, all businesses are opening back up. Our biggest issue now is getting people off the unemployment benefits to get back to work, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But that's our biggest problem now. If people want to get the vaccine, they can get the vaccine. It's available to them. If they want to get tested, the testing sites are available. They can go and get that done. If they still want to wear a mask, then they can still wear a mask and do their thing. That's available to them. But outside of those, with your own personal choice of what you want to do mm-hmm. and how you want to take care of yourself open things back up get things back to normal yeah let's make it happen why the push to extend things right now i don't get it I, yeah now, the one thing I, I could possibly see through her eyes is the questions of if you totally do away with with all the executive orders and the the, the pandemic emergency mandates what happens to government funding from the fed levels mm-hmm. what happens to the uh, people who have been sitting here, I'm going to call it inmates with the county jails waiting on trial if they haven't had their right to speedy trial. So there's a few questions out there. Sure. And I understand that. But for the general public, it's time to start opening things up. There, it is um, time to I've, start opening. I've, I've stouted all along. Um, I'm not a big fan myself of the mask wearer. I've got my own opinion on that. But if you want to wear a mask, I respect that 100%. Sure. If you want to get a vaccine or not, I respect it 100%. But you need to be able to have that choice to make you that choice for you. 
Do you think we're going to see an increase in the vaccination if we do a lottery, give away a million dollars? I could see it. Money talks, and that's all it is. You know, and, and especially for those who maybe don't have an opinion or don't understand it. I mean, again, whether or not you get vaccinated, that should be your choice, not right. some government saying, you know, I'll pay you a million dollars possibly if you go out and get that <laughs> shot, you know. Right. You know, or if to the me, other- that's a red flag of just that's yeah. an ultimate bribe of desperation of we really need you to get this and we really want you to get this. We'll pay you money to yeah. do that. You could get a chance to win a million dollars. And the same governor was doing the same thing for high school kids. I believe it was was it twelve to eighteen or yeah, twelve, 12 to seventeen, 16, yeah. <clears throat> offering a full ride at a state college lottery. Really? That was I in conjunction that, that was in conjunction with the million dollar lottery. There was another one for youth mm. that here's your chance to have a full ride and they've already announced one or two of them out there. I was not aware of that yeah, one. I know that they were, they were doing uh Dylan's has come out as well or Kroger company said that someone is also going to win a million dollars or a year's worth of groceries as well. So that com- uh, companies are now doing incentives too. This is getting weird. Why are we yeah. pushing this so hard? When we've protected the demographic that needed it, they've already gotten their vaccine, and now people can choose whether to do it or not. It's yeah. it's a weird phase. That's Leo, a good one. Yeah, Leo Delperding, state representative, uh, our number one wrapped up. When we come back, we'll do it a half hour with him talking about legislative issues. Plus, if you have any calls or comments, we'd love to hear from you as well. Plus, Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, wrapping up the show in just a half hour from now as well. It's Kansas Talk. It's a Saturday for Memorial Weekend right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Your home for Wind Surge Baseball all season long. Wind Surge Baseball on KGSO all season long is brought to you in part by Buckley Roofing, E-Graphics, Trailers and More, Artland Bicycle, and Midwest Kia. When it's Wichita Wind Surge Baseball, you know that it's Sports Radio KGSO. Peanuts, popcorn, and every crack of the bat. Catch it all on Wichita's leader in sports. 1410 AM, 93.9 FM, KGSO. Syntec is back and better than ever at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec is a premium full synthetic motor oil option at an affordable price. Right now, get five quarts of Syntec full synthetic and a Wix filter for just $29.99. Syntec is formulated for today's engines to minimize friction, heat, and wear. Try Syntec today exclusively at O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Napa, we keep things moving. If it has wheels and an engine, we help keep it on the road. And if it's on the road, we have parts for it. And if you need a part, you can get it fast, like same-day pickup or next-day delivery fast. At Napa, when we're not thinking about cars, we're thinking about the people who drive them. Because when it comes to serving you in our community, our motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Same-day pickup and next-day delivery available at participating stores and on in-stock items only. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men with matters like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. Contact the domestic litigation firm of Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Wichita area attorneys, a partner men can count on, online at CordellCordell.com. That's CordellCordell.com. Office in downtown Wichita. 
This is a Steckline Communication Station, K273CX FM 102.5 and AM 1480 KQAM, Wichita Proud. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Computer's working now. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. It's hour number two. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Memorial Weekend. Hopefully you're having a great one already as you go out, maybe enjoy some of the festivities outdoors before the rain this weekend, tonight and tomorrow. But it's going to be a good weekend nonetheless. Remember the reason for it, whether you go camping, barbecue, and have fun. I know it's kind of the uh, unofficial entrance into summertime, and we didn't really get a summertime last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Enjoy it, do your thing, but remember the reason for the holiday as well, and spend some time and thank uh, those that have given their lives for Memorial Day to allow us to do what we do. Because we were talking about it on the show yesterday with our guest, Eric Rittmeyer, our mental toughness expert. And he had mentioned that, I mean, he's right, we live in such a nation where we are so comfortable all the time with such a lack of fear, such a lack of worry. We have this false sense of security because of what other people do for us overseas, away from us, away from our front doors every single day that we kind of forget the purpose of the holiday already. Welcome in 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. All your buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. About the only guy in the entire Mid-America region that actually has inventory of gold and silver because the market's been so hot, no one can find it. And the government's trying to you know, limit how much is actually going out to the public as well. And he has it. So make sure and go and check them out. They are open until 2.30 this afternoon. State Representative Leo Delperdang hanging out in studio with us here for this half hour. At the bottom of this hour... For the first time, when I don't know why it took me seven years to have this guy on the air. I have never had him on the program before, and I don't know why. I always wanted to reach out. We always talked about it, and then we never ended up doing it. It was very strange, but uh, Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt will be on the program with us to wrap up the show at 1030 today. I don't know why it took me seven years to get him on the show. I- I'm assuming you've met with him before. I ha- So the first time I actually met him face-to-face was a couple weeks ago at the Kansas State Rifle Association meeting. Okay. I'd never met him in person either. Yeah, very, if I can put a plug in there, I've got nothing but good to say about that guy. Yeah, great guy. Extremely smart. Oh, my goodness. And that is true. Very personable guy and has always been there every time I've needed him from a legislative perspective and even a personal side. I mean, he will just reach out to us occasionally. Good. Just a real class act all yeah. the way. Yeah, no, he's great. So we appreciate his time. So we're going to be getting a monthly update from him from the Kansas Attorney General's office to talk about some of the legal stuff going on in the state. So we'll sit down with him and talk with him at the bottom of this hour with some Really interesting information. But overall, we haven't talked to you since the end, really since the middle of the session yeah. this year, the end of the legislative session. Overall, did you like it this year? I, I was pretty impressed. I mean, we've kind of banged our head against the wall for the last few mm-hmm. years up there. But this year, even with a Democrat governor, we did relatively well, I think. Well, yeah, we did relatively well. We got a bunch through this year. Of course, of course we didn't get much of anything through last year because right. we were all sent home early Yeah, and had a lot of 
lot of frustrations over last summer and fall and winter dealing with the unemployment fraud that was going on. Uh, I've still got a lot of people that reach out to me where they just can't get through to the Kansas Department of Labor, and I've, I've been assisting and assisting. So um, up there, though, over the veto session, we had a lot of overrides. We yes. had the body come together as a unified body, I think. And it, it usually when you have veto overrides, you have a lot of debate going on. You might take you several hours to get a bill overridden because of the debate. Right. It just wasn't happening. We were just going in there through them. and we, yeah, we blew through a bunch of them all in one day. And the body came together. A shout out to Ron Howard. Uh, that guy has been really sick this year. He had a fall. He is partially paralyzed, I understand. But oh, my. Even he, in a wheelchair, wheeled in on the House floor to be there during the veto overrides. Wow. We needed the vote. He was there for us. So I, I, my hat is off to the guy. That's amazing. I was not aware of that. So yes. hopefully he's in recovery and doing okay. Good yeah, golly. That's I scary. He's in recovery going on. So I, you know, prayers go out to the guy, though. Yeah. So. Some of the veto overrides that we had was was nice, but some we didn't get was a little unfortunate. Some of the Second Amendment things. I mean, who vetoes Eddie Eagle? I mean, can I just throw that out there? Yeah. Uh, who, I mean, who vetoes that? That's a training class that, you know. It, Tells kids, and it, and it was, if you see a gun, go tell an adult and leave it alone. Like, exactly. That's the program, and you're saying, no, we don't want kids to yeah, do it that. Was, it was almost, if you <laughs> see a gun, run, don't walk, leave it alone, get a hold of an adult. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with that? Now, I don't care what your stance on guns is. What's wrong with that? You know, teach the kids what to do and what not to do around these when they do encounter it. Because eventually they're going to encounter them. Yeah. And don't be don't be dumb about it. So the other one that got vetoed that just blew me away was the civics and financial test requirements. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's been a big talking point for us. Uh, I mean, I get there's family responsibility, parental responsibility to teach your kids about life. But I thought school was supposed to do that as well. Why would you veto a bill about finances and personal finance for your yeah. kids to teach them, hey, don't get into debt. Hey, mm-hmm. here's how a bank account works. Hey, here's how a credit card yeah. works. Hey, don't take out a whole bunch of student loans. But I guess that now that I think about it, it goes against their agenda of getting people into debt. That's yeah. right. And we're on, this is KQAM, right? This is KQAM. Isn't there a guy that shows up here occasionally yeah. by the name of Dave Ramsey? That's right. You I mean, can I've hear him every day, two to four. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the basic theory, but kids know need to know how to balance a checkbook. They mm-hmm. need to have the basic understanding of civics. And it was a ramping up. It wasn't, okay, you're a senior this year, and we're going to hit you with this massive test. Right. It was ramping up to it over time, and it was leaving it up to the school boards individually determine what's on that test. So it wasn't the state mandating a certain set of questions or anything. It was allowing the, the school boards to do what they're supposed to do. Sure. And yet it got vetoed. So I, I never quite grasp onto that one. But. They, they tried to say that it was because the what are we, the Board of Education needs to handle this, you know, kind of thing, and we need to set the curriculum. So if you would have asked us, we would have done it. But, you know, well, because you guys tried to do it, then no, we're not. We're just yeah. going to, you know, that was the argument. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, again, I thought it was kind of a, a lame argument. It, well, it yeah, I mean, even if they're like, okay, so. you guys can't do it, but we'll implement it because that's a really good idea. Thanks, guys, for the yeah. idea because we want to actually make kids smart about finances. Yeah. And the other one that came up was the uh, gun reciprocity one. And I don't know mm. if you've already talked about this with others on the shows, but, you know, my opinion for years, I when Kansas started the concealed carry, allowing it in t- January of 2007. Right. So it was in 2000, late 2006, I went through the original classes and 
I think I was told I was number 68 in the state to actually get a concealed carry, and I've had it ever since. But one of the issues with that is when you go state to state to state, you know, I'm, I'm a good model citizen here, but boy, if we cross over into Illinois, for example, or, you know, yeah. various states, suddenly you're not no longer a model citizen, you know, you're you become a felon there. But there needs to be a reciprocity from a national perspective. Why is my concealed carry license any different from a driver's license? Right. If I can operate a 4,000-pound vehicle going down the road at 70 mile an hour in Kansas, they allow me to do it in Illinois, too. Right. What's the difference here? So I, I'd like to see that. And I think that's what the reciprocity that we got done um, was trying to align it up for future to be able to do a nationwide one. But it also allowed other states to honor Kansas, Kansas honoring the other states. Well, there was a few states that we were concerned that because we weren't recognizing theirs that we were concerned yes. they might not recognize ours sort yes. of thing. So we needed to really work. And I'm glad you guys were able to get this done. It's just sad that we had to override a veto because how dare the kids carry guns and you know yeah. how how dare we have more firearms in the state i mean that was the argument of course that just the scare tactics but you're right i mean we were at potential threat of losing the recognition of our concealed carry in other that's states right. right that's right yeah um there was a big debate over lowering the age to 18 and i even heard school administrator types up there of oh my god you're gonna let a high school senior carry a gun legally into the school. And I thought, you know, I'm 59 years old. Can I legally carry a gun into your school? Yeah. Well, no. Well, then what makes you think an 18-year-old can legally carry a gun? Oh, right. You know, it's 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 no different. But yeah. it, get them the proper training. Make sure they're familiar with it. How dare you, Eddie Eagle, and you, you yeah. gun safety, gun education. How dare you try and educate yeah. kids like that? We do have a question on the social media for you as well, talking about uh, um, medical concerns of if you don't get the vaccine will there be any sort of medical discrimination in the state are you concerned about that and should we work on some kind of protections in the state about that to where you can't be discriminated against if you don't get the COVID-19 vaccine and go to your doctor and I believe that term is the uh, vaccine passport I, I think uh, is how it was yeah, phrased yeah. and yes that did come up and it was shot down that Pa- now we can't passports are not allowed yeah now at public buildings right that was the, that was for public uh, or yes, uh, public yes. or government buildings small businesses and this is going to be we've talked about this quite a bit but i'm curious of what's going to look like here in the next few months yeah. is small business now that if you've gotten the vaccine you don't have to wear the mask if you haven't gotten the vaccine they still want you to wear the mask how can you tell the difference well we need to verify to make sure someone's got the vaccine do yeah. businesses have the right to ask if uh, to ask to prove your vaccination and that you've gotten that vaccine can businesses still do that and how do we deal with something I don't like believe that in the they state? can ask for proof but keep in mind and i've had this this conversation with several constituents too um even the big businesses whether it be textron here or so forth if you're on their private property their rules apply sure so if i walk out onto their floor can they tell me i have to wear steel toe shoes or boots mm. answer is yes can they tell me I have to wear a mask on their property? That's their prerogative. Sure. Now, it's up to me to say no, and if so, then, you know, you don't get admitted. I understand that. Right. But I don't know how we can force a private business to not dictate that you ha- you don't have to wear steel toe shoes, for example, on, yeah. the, on the manufacturing. Yeah, the, you're right. I mean, they have that choice. My concern is that businesses are going to start seeing a partisanship and a divide already. And I, look, we, they just went through a year of trying to survive 
I don't want them to have a marginalized uh, customer base because they want to either force or not force masks one way or the other. Yeah. And then people say, well, I'm not going to that business because they forced me to wear a mask, so I'm not going to, and then lose out on revenue. I want small business to succeed. Yeah. I highly encourage for any small business owner in the area that's listening to this not to enforce something like that because you're just going to be marginalizing your customer base. You are. And there was, for example, there's a restaurant not very far from the state building up in Topeka, and a bunch of us went there one morning for breakfast. And all over Topeka, too, you you don't see the mask. I right. mean, they're out there, but, you know, it's not being forced. We walked in there, and it was a, you guys aren't going to be in here without a mask on. Mm. And we were real polite about it. And I said, that's fine. There's other restaurants. And we all turned around and left. But yeah. that was the prerogative and the choice of the business. To right. Make. And they yeah. have to live with it. I, I just, it, it's going to be weird to start talking about the vaccine part of it or whether they're not going to go down that road and just say just masks for everybody. But I mean, if they ask, did you get vaccinated? I guess they can't show proof, but if they ask it, we'll just say, yeah, I'm sure I got the vaccine. Yeah. You're on your honor system. But if, theoretically, if I'm vaccinated and you're not, <laughs> and you tell, you tell me, yeah, I'm vaccinated, is it a concern of mine? Don't if be spreading I'm, misinformation now. Because yeah. if I'm vaccinated... Is there a concern of me catching something from you? The answer should be no, and that's what I'm reading from the CDC. See, but there is a massive movement on social media right now. Every time I make that comment, people hate on me. You are trying to spread the virus. You want people to die. You want to keep this virus going. You, then go uh, get yourself you? vaccinated yeah. if that's the way you if feel. If you're vaccinated, you're protected. So if I get it, right. it's no problem to you. Right. I'm not spreading it to you. You can't right. get it. Everything's fine, right? And just, I think it was yesterday, I was reading another car, another article. I've, I've been doing a bunch of research on this, but for people who have had the disease and recovered and then went out and got the vaccine series, they're saying their immunity is going to be built up well beyond a year or anything there because you had a certain amount of uh, antivirus sure. you know, in you already, and then you got your shots, but it just built it up more. And the, the CDC is learning more and more and more every day, it seems. Right. And it's just been interesting reading on this. Yeah, it is. It's it's an odd one. Let's take a break here. 20 minutes past the hour. State Representative Leo Delperding. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit. We can talk about some other issues from the state legislative session, budgets, taxes, and moving forward into 2021 uh, and other, other things. Um, we haven't talked about, you and I haven't talked about really the the girls, the women's sports issue, too, because that one, unfortunately, was one vote shy of overriding that veto. Yeah. But uh, we did talk to Renee Erickson, state senator, last week about that as well. So a lot of stuff happened this legislative session, but now the it, it is the deadline, June 15th, right, for the end of the declaration. It is June It 15th. is June 15th. We can count down the days until total freedom is reinstituted back here in the state of Kansas. Imagine that. And some people losing their minds over that one. We'll take a break here on Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. Twenty-four minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the show. Thanks for hanging out today. Candace Talk on a Saturday. 316-721-8255. 316-721-Talk. Most people hanging out out at the lake doing their thing, enjoying just a little bit. That going back to that question real quick about the medical discrimination. Do you think there's any concern? I mean, as we go further nationally towards this universal health care system, government health care, Governor Kelly tried to expand Medicaid in the state. That didn't work out too well for her. But as we go further with that down the road nationally. 
do you think there's ever going to be any repercussion of, well, you didn't get the vaccine, so we're not going to approve any type of treatments for you medically. If you need a surgery, if you need certain medication, you really just need to get this vaccine. So therefore you can be on our A-list and you can prove that you got it, get that check mark next to your medical history, and then you're good. There was a major story that came out this week about Google partnering up with a major healthcare system in Missouri mm -hmm. about how it's going to streamline these algorithms for your medical treatments to where they can find everything on you. Your doctors, your nurses can find everything on you that's going to go into your medical history from Google right. because we're going big tech and healthcare now. And if we're going to start doing that, that's I think that's going to limit people being allowed to get guns. I think that's going to uh, prohibit people from getting certain medications. Yeah. It's going to put you on lists for threats or for mental illnesses or for whatever. Like we're now talking about government collecting even more data on you through the healthcare yeah. system with big tech. And uh, is the vaccine going to be part of something like that? That's a good question. My concern, does it fall right into the red flag laws with the mm, guns? Yeah. You know, you've got exactly. these pre-existing conditions, so you fit this profile. And Oh, you took a PTSD golly, medication 20 yeah, years ago. You can't get a... assume you're going to commit a crime in the future. You yeah. Know, so you can't have this. But that kind of leads into, I, I had mentioned to you earlier off, off microphone. Here, yes. I, I've got an old high school friend. Um, lives in Seattle, Washington, lives Yeesh. on Capitol Hill, okay. is an absolute staunch Democrat. Well, you have to be to live in Seattle, Washington. That's right. Yeah. I've got a, I got a text from him the other day. Okay. And I'd like to just read this fairly short text. Sure. So the following words is from one of our staunch Democrat friends in Seattle, Washington. <clears throat> and it starts out with, it appears as if the COVID hoax has run its course. Our lives are back to normal all across the nation by the 4th of July. How convenient. Barbecues, beer, beach going, boating, etc. Everyone's happy again. Lots of political boasting will follow. Biden and the Dems will thump their chest and claim victory. Gotta wonder what the next scare will be. Mm. Why would we wonder? Because we can't be without a scare. Watch for the false flags and watch the masses react again. And he ended it with wash, rinse, and repeat. And I just thought that that one I thought was really an interesting. That's from a Democrat. That is from a hardcore Democrat in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And it just kind of summed it up. I thought it, it really shows that there are it, it crosses political lines of people realizing that. Wait a second, um, have we been sold a bunch of goods? Not to say the virus isn't real or anything, but you know the the pandemic, the crisis, the shutdown, the lockdown, the control, the regulations has that been overblown and over exaggerated? When at the same time now we're trying to push for an eighty percent vaccination rate in the nation, which we're never going to get, are we? Right. We're no, never going to get that. No. I mean, what what is the percentage level for herd immunity? It keeps changing as we get closer to it. They change the bar. Well, again. and we got to remember that you don't get herd immunity just from a vaccine. You can get herd immunity for someone who has the antibodies who have gotten the virus already, exactly. which, by the way, is ninety eight and a half percent of the population yeah. that has gotten it and is completely fine and already has immunity built into it. And you can use those numbers plus the people that have been vaccinated, and then you're good. Right. And I, I think that's partly why we're seeing the, the numbers drop off so much. Yeah. Yes, we are seeing vaccines, but you've got a ton of people who are out there who had it already, have already got the antibodies in them, may not have had the shots, but they've already got the antibodies. Mm -hmm. And the, the cases are starting to drop off. So yeah. it's time to open up the nation and open up the state and let's move on. It's time to open up. we got just about a minute left here. I do have to ask you the most important question of all, though. Uh-oh. Going into this, in the next month, the Pentagon... Releasing the report on UFOs. 
is this going to be the next false flag? Oh, maybe so. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I'm t- I am really excited. So I actually reached out to the Department of Defense to get someone on my program to talk about this report when it gets released. Because I don't, Trump signed this executive order during the fall to release everything to Congress and to the public that they have on UFOs. Going all the way back, 1947 and, UA- and Roswell. Yeah, and huh? UAPs okay. and everything. They're going to release all of this to the public. Okay. This is going to be... I think, personally, this is going to be religious, this is going to be culturally, this is going to be humanity, earth-shattering news to the public for us to begin accepting these sorts of things. Um, but I don't know, this could be the false flag to keep you distracted as well and keep you scared. Yeah, or or who knows. I, With little my background and knowledge, I'm thinking <laughs> that's still a lot of uh, government experimental stuff that they just didn't mm. want people to find out about. And that would be interesting, too. I don't know. There it is. We'll the see. most important question. UFOs coming out next month. Okay. We're ready for it. Leo Delperdang, state rep. Good to talk to you, my friend. Absolutely. You got any plans for the memorial in about 10 seconds? Uh, hope, hopefully get the trailer out. Depends on if the monsoon season is over. I mean, we got a nice day You're here. You're going to be glamping, I'm, right? I'm hearing it may be back tomorrow again, so I may have to result to glamping versus camping. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the glamping. There it is. That's Leo right. Delperdang. Good to talk to you, my friend. We'll do it again real soon. Bottom of the hour, we'll take a break. When we come back, Derek Schmidt, Kansas Attorney General, will be back with that right around the corner here on Kansas Talk on KQAM. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Wrapping up the program goes by way too fast here on a Saturday. The two hours. We'll be back at it next week as well with a lot more awesome guests as we do every single week. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, you can in the last few minutes as well. But we did sit down uh, yesterday with Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Our first time with having him on the program. It's I don't know why it took me so long to have him on the show, but he is here now, and we appreciate him very much. And we sat down to talk about a few different legal issues here in the state of Kansas between COVID-19, between uh, some of the other stuff with 2A issues and more. So here on Kansas Talk for the first time in our seven years here in the Wichita Airwaves, it's a Kansas, uh, Kansas Attorney General, Mr. Derek Schmidt, and this is what he had to say. Welcome to Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Great to have you for a Saturday morning, trying to kick off your Memorial Weekend, so it's great to have you along with us today. I'm excited. I think this is the first time we've actually had this individual on the program, and I have to admit, it's my fault. I have no idea why it's been so long since I reached out to actually have him on the program because he's been a true fighter in the state of Kansas. He's rocking it in the attorney general's office. And that's one of the most important positions that we can have, especially right now in these crazy times with the federal government and even with our radical left-wing Democrat governor of Laura Kelly. But excited to have on the program with us today, the attorney general for the state of Kansas, Mr. Derek Schmidt. Derek, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Andy, and thanks for having me on. Hey, it is really great to have you on the program, and I apologize. It's only been seven years of having a radio show and not having you on, and I have really no idea why. So it's good to have you on this program, <laughs> finally. And it was good to see you out at the Kansas State Rifle Association uh, annual event a couple weeks ago because uh, it even seems like, I mean, Candace, we're rocking it on two-way issues right now. Other states struggling just a little bit. One case coming out of New York 
right now with their court case about you can have your concealed carry permit, but you really need to validate why you have a concealed carry permit. We don't have to worry about those types of things here in Kansas, thanks to what's, uh, some of the stuff that you guys have been fighting for. That's exactly right. Kansas is really a national leader in protecting Second Amendment rights, and we've made so much progress on that front over the past uh, eight, nine, ten years. That's something we all ought to be very proud of. It's the way it ought to be. One of the things that uh, you know, that the legislature this year passed a piece of legislation that we have been working on now for, I think, three or four years, and finally the stars aligned. They got it done. They had to override Governor Kelly's veto to get it done, but got several parts, but the key part from our vantage point, the reason we brought this bill forward, uh, was that it makes clear in terms of our concealed carry permits uh, uh, that we are going to maximize our ability to get reciprocity agreements with other states. If we want other states to allow a Kansas permittee to carry a firearm concealed when they're traveling temporarily in another state, whether it's Missouri or Tennessee or wherever it may be, uh, we've got to give that same uh, recognition to their residents when they come temporarily to Kansas for work or pleasure, whatever it may be. And uh, we had some wrinkles in our law that made it difficult to do that in all cases. And uh, it doesn't sound like it should have been a very difficult issue, but like I say, it, it took three or four years and a, and a veto override in order to get the thing done. So I'm really proud of our our majority in the legislature, they stood up on that and got it finished. Yeah, it's really nice for us to be able to expand and accept the concealed carry permits from other states because there were a few states where we were concerned about them potentially dropping their recognition of ours if we didn't do this, correct? That is true. Uh, you know, kind of the down-in-the-weeds issue, uh, there were a few states where they allowed people to carry that Kansas doesn't for whatever reason. Uh, age tended to be the number one. Missouri, for example, has allowed people to get a permit at age 18, and we didn't allow it until age 21 in Kansas. Well, what if you're a you know, 20-year-old in Missouri, you have a permit, you're lawful, everything's right, uh, and you want to travel temporarily to Kansas, as you might do every day if you are you know, live in the Kansas City metro area and you cross the state line for a job or whatever it may be. Um, but we couldn't recognize that uh, permit in Kansas, or at least potentially couldn't recognize it, hmm. uh, because we don't recognize uh, you know, under-21s or didn't until this new law passed. Uh, well, that didn't make any sense at all. Uh, and so really things have squared up now. And, and like I say, I think we've avoided the risk that we're going to lose some of those reciprocity agreements. There are now 40 states recognize a Kansas permit, and I think that's very good. We've added Gosh, I think it's something like 15 on our watch here at the AG's office. It's been a priority for us to make sure that we maximize the value of those permits for Kansans who choose to get one. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. Now, at the same time, we have a lot of protections here in Kansas. We have the Second Amendment Protection Act. We've we've expanded our concealed carry permits here in the state. We've done a really good job. At the federal level, though, we do see some executive orders coming out of the Biden administration, not to mention the new uh, nominee of David Chipman as the director for the ATF, which I think is a, to me at least, I see it as a desperate attempt of we can't change legislation and laws, so we're going to do it through the PR of a, a fourth branch bureaucratic agency trying to demonize guns and gun owners through someone like Dave Chipman, who's a very, very anti-Second Amendment individual. Uh, what, what can we do here in the state of Kansas, and are you concerned about him potentially becoming the director of the ATF? I am. You know, sort of the big picture here is that the Biden administration has blown a lot of anti-Second Amendment smoke. So far, they haven't done too much. And I'm not complaining. I hope they get through an entire administration and don't do too much and just talk a good show from their vantage point. But, you know, we're lined up. We're ready to challenge, uh, whether it's uh, administrative crackdowns or other federal regulations that we think uh, uh, intrude on firearms rights uh, impermissibly. You know, we're ready to challenge those as soon as there's something to challenge. We can't just challenge the rhetoric. There's nothing to sue them about. 
The first real fight off the block has been the nomination of Mr. Chipman uh, to be the director of the ATF. And uh, I joined with a bunch of other like-minded state attorneys general from other states uh, in a letter to the U.S. Senate and said, in our view, this fellow should not be confirmed. Uh, We don't think he's properly qualified for the job because of uh, his really extreme views. Basically, he's been a a lobbyist and an advocate for anti-Second Amendment pro-gun control causes, and President Biden wants to put him in charge of the agency that regulates firearms federally. Well, that, that, is, that is not a good fit. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic the Senate uh, may be able to come up with enough votes to uh, block the nomination, but, of course, the U.S. Senate is equally divided right now, Republicans and Democrats 50-50, mm-hmm. and uh, every, every one of these fights is a fight. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Hopefully we don't see him go through, but we'll have our, uh, I guess, ducks in a row if he ends up coming in that way. We're talking with Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Let's shift gears a little bit to education in the state. I've had many people on my national program during the week talking about the rebuttal to the 1619 Project and how racism's just systematic in this nation, and we're going to start teaching this kind of garbage through our educational program. Um, is there a push in Kansas to at least make sure this doesn't infiltrate our public school system? Because right now, through the Department of Education, it seems like that's kind of becoming a mainstream thing, and I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it either, Andy. I mean, I think America's story is perhaps one of the most remarkable stories in world history. The the story of 1776, not 1619, and the story of 1787, uh, not 1619, is the real unique contribution of America to the progress of, of human history. It's a contribution to liberty and self-government uh, and how we protect rights that are given to us by God. And I, I just don't understand why there is such a movement among uh, so many on the left nationally uh, to to not talk about that truly remarkable contribution we've given to liberty, and instead talk about uh, uh, other parts of our history that uh, you know nobody argues uh, are a positive thing. Obviously, slavery was a terrible, terrible stain on uh, human history, not just American history, but on human history. Uh, the point is, we're moving beyond it. That's the story, and so. Uh, you know, this whole notion of, of the effort by the left, the Biden administration, to push the uh, teaching of the 1619 Project as revisionist history onto our, uh, into our schools to try to sort of shape our kids that way, and critical race theory with the lens through which American history should be viewed. I just think it's wrong, period, end of story. And so we've started to push back on it. Uh, at, at the end of the day in Kansas, uh, it's our election officials, I'm sorry, it's our education officials at the Board of Education for the state or the local boards to make the ultimate decisions on curriculum. But what we tried to do is prevent those federal officials from really trying to cram down that type of teaching from Washington onto our local schools. And right now, the specific action, uh, there's an effort, there's some federal money, surprise, there's some federal money that has strings attached to it. Uh, And the the string is, if you take this money for teaching civics, uh, you're supposed to teach the types of things that promote critical race theory in the classroom or use the 1619 as a tool for education in the classroom. And we filed comments again with a bunch of other like-minded state attorneys general and said, don't do that. Uh, we actually think it's contrary to federal law. Uh, there's a, there's a, the, the, the statute that Congress passed that authorizes this grant money uh, requires the teaching of truthful American history. That's the term, truthful. And we just don't think it's truthful uh, to suggest that everything uh, in the past uh, uh, has to be viewed through this particular lens. So I'm hopeful we can get it stopped. Well, it needs to be stopped. I mean, it's the woke crowd. It's a minority of the woke crowd, not minority in race-wise, but minority of population-wise that's that's trying to push this kind of thing, and somehow they're gaining traction. So I'm glad you guys are working to try 
and stopped us. Last question before we let you go, Attorney General Derek Schmidt for the state of Kansas. But I do want to shift gears a little bit to COVID as we're starting to open things back up. We have an end date now for the emergency declaration. There's been some lawsuits coming out from businesses about lost revenue throughout the state um, from being shut down, being forcefully shut down from the governor over the last year. Do you see more of those kind of things popping up in the state of Kansas? And what could the future look like in the Kansas by lost revenue of, or businesses that actually had to shut doors because of COVID from enforcement from the, uh, d- d- from the governor's office? I am afraid we're going to see more lawsuits uh, by businesses seeking compensation for having been ordered closed by the governor uh, during the COVID state of emergency. You know, a couple of businesses have sued the state already, and they've been great to work with. We sat down with their counsel. Of course, my job is to provide a defense for the state and for the taxpayers from these suits. So we sat down with them early on and said, how about we put this litigation on hold? Wouldn't it be better for everybody if the legislature could come up with a a sort of uniform way to deal with these compensation issues for everybody who was affected, every small business that was affected, as opposed to uh, those businesses that decide to go retain their own counsel, file a lawsuit. We get lawsuits all over the state. We might get different and conflicting decisions from different courts on what the rules are supposed to be. And it's just a, that's just an inefficient way to resolve this problem. And so the plaintiffs were agreeable. We put the lawsuit on hold, went to the legislature and said, wouldn't you please uh, deal with this, pass some type of law that provides a fair and uniform way of compensating for these closures that were ordered by the governor. Legislature finally passed it, and the governor vetoed it. Mm. And so we're right back where we started. Um, those lawsuits that have been put on hold by agreement, are I'm, they're going to get dusted off here, I'm quite sure, and uh, the plaintiffs will be pushing them again. We'll be in the position of defending the state, and we'll do that. But I, I do expect that uh, because, uh, because there was no resolution to this problem through the legislative process and the governor signing it. I'm afraid the resolution is going to come through the courts and we're going to see more of that. That's unfortunate. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a good plan to try and counter some of this stuff and just say, let's regather and regroup here at the end of all this and kind of figure out what we can do. But uh, it seems like it's been, and I'm not putting words in your mouth in any way, shape or form, but it seems like it's been a little difficult working with the governor's office throughout this entire thing. Well, it's been a stressful time for everybody, but uh, obviously the the governor and I have seen the world differently on quite a number of issues through COVID. (laughs) We've done our best to to work together, but uh, sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah, that's tough. Attorney General Derek Schmidt for the state of Kansas, we appreciate the time. I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate it. Keep up the fight because this is exactly where we need to fight is in the courtrooms, unfortunately, for many of these issues where we shouldn't have to at times, but we have to be able to conserve our Constitution and, and constitutional rights in the courtroom, and we appreciate what you do each and every day. We look forward to it, and let's get you back on the show again real soon. Thank you, Andy. Really appreciate it. We'll talk with you next time. Hey, there it is, Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt. We appreciate his time very much. We'll get him on the show on about a weekly or a monthly update and get an update from him on what's going on in Topeka legally in the state of Kansas. I love the fact that, it, remember, the Kansas Attorney General's position, not just about Kansas, but also signing the letters, working with other Can- uh, other attorney generals in other states, and then trying to stop the federal government. It's extremely important, and we're doing a great job of that right now. So we appreciate him and all the work he's done very, very much. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get final year calls as we kind of wrap up the show today. Memorial weekend. What are you going to plan on doing? And are you going to try and uh, risk the severe weather or the rain or the storms or whatever may come in this weekend for the holiday if you're out and about trying to camp or glamp, as I like to call it as well for many <laughs> individuals? It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here.
just about eight minutes to the top of the hour, wrapping up Kansas Talk here on a Saturday, on Memorial Weekend Saturday. So great to have you today if you are tuned in, hanging out, doing your thing, or maybe you're out going camping, or maybe you're on the way to the campsite, wherever you may be. Hopefully you have a wonderful weekend and get to enjoy this weekend and remember the true purpose of the season. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK if you want to join into the program. One thing I didn't get to ask Leo Delperding that I wanted to ask him, and even uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt, I wanted to ask him as well, was something that hopefully we get an answer on relatively soon. I know it's going to take like a year for the investigation and then the court hearings and all the other stuff, uh, unfortunately, because that's how slow government likes to work at times. But I am curious about the investigation on right now the uh, KCC, the Kansas Corporation Commission, regarding the energy from February with the extremely high utility bills and the $600 per cubic foot of natural gas that was sold during that extreme cold front. I'm curious where we're at with that investigation. Was there price gouging or was it like, uh, no, it was just supply and demand and that was it. So sorry, that's all. And uh, I, I, I can't buy that. I just don't buy it. I get it's a commodity and I get it went up. You can't charge people that because that's just ridiculous. And now it's hard. It's, it's easy for us to forget. It's hard for us to actually remember and keep it front and center because now it's getting to be 80, 90 degrees outside. So it's going to get warm. And we're not going to think about when it was negative 20 just a few months ago and when we had to pay for a $1,500 gas bill in the state. But it was there and we need to address it. And I don't want it to just blow off and go to the wayside. I want to keep this front and center so we can make sure it never happens again with natural gas. At the same time, I am a little concerned because now there's a headline out of the Topeka Capital Journal about Evergy and how they're working to, over the next couple of years, retire some coal plants in the state of Kansas and increase renewable energy generation. Which, okay, I get because we want to be environmentally friendly. We want to try and bring prices down. And if we do enough of it, then it'll slowly bring prices down. Still not to where coal levels are at because coal is kind of awesome right now. And it's super cheap and we can use that really easily. So I don't know why we want to infiltrate that much, but I get it. We bring more energy or wind energy into the state. I know we do a lot of that. I know we do a lot of uh, here and there, the solar panels, which works. It's hard when it's cloudy for two weeks straight. I mean, see how well that works for your energy and your solar panels. But, you know, that is an opportunity and is a, an option for some. We actually looked at it with our home with getting the solar panels. The problem is, though, is it just it, it, it didn't quite fit and you can do it, but you have to cover pretty much your entire roof for the uh, solar panels to actually work, which is fine. But it's not quite to that point yet where you can store it and you can use it efficiently and it's going to be cost effective yet. We're not quite to that point yet. I love solar panels. I love wind energy. It's not enough for to say, hey, you know what, we're going to have an entire field and we're going to generate electricity for an entire city. That way, we're just not to that point in the private sector yet. And when we look at trying to close old coal plants, because coal plants, remember, are very evil and very bad, I just sit back and question, wait a second, did we not just have a winter not like four months ago? where we had negative 20-degree weather, where it was bursting pipelines, where the alternative energies weren't working very well, where the state of Texas was not allowed to fire up their coal plants to keep people having power, but yet they wanted to because that would have been about the only thing that still worked. I know coal plants had a little bit of issue, but you're burning coal. There's not a whole lot to go wrong there. Instead of the new, quote-unquote, technically advanced uh, wind energy or solar energy or other types of energy that we could have, Coal is kind of the good old reliable to where we know it's going to work no matter what the bad temperature may look like. 
And for us to come out of a season like from February and say we had extremely cold temperatures like that, that where the coal kind of saved our rear ends in the state of Kansas and many other places across the nation. So now we're going to close them and go to alternative energy. So if that ever happens again, then, oh, sorry, I don't get that philosophy. I mean, I get slowly transitioning that way, but should we at least have them on reserves? Why just shut them down? Why not add to it? If we're going to have coal plants, cool. If we're going to have alternative energy plants as well, that's cool. Let's sell some of the energy to other states. Let's make some money from it. Let's generate additional jobs as opposed to just replacing jobs. We keep the coal plants going, maybe minimize some of their use or just downgrade them a little bit, but keep them operational and let's keep them active just in case, you know, that safety net that we like to have in government somehow, just in case another cold stint happens like that again. Or we're looking at negative 20, negative 30 degree weather, and we can't handle that, and things are happening, that would keep us going. I don't know. I kind of look in the future and look for safety nets the best we can. Not that we can ever really have a safety net, because I think the safety net, society-wise, is kind of a false thing and kind of a false sense of security. I don't like it, but why not have backups? It's the way we're supposed to operate, right? Just my two cents on that one. Everybody have a wonderful Memorial Weekend. Enjoy it. Remember the true reason for the holiday. Go out and start your unofficial kickoff to summer. Try and stay dry out there if you're camping. But I know you're glamping, so there is that as well. Everybody have a good one. We're back at it on Saturday next week. Also with the Voice Reason back live on Tuesday after the Memorial holiday. This is Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everyone have a great weekend.